Good morning, church. My name is Ben DeRoos, and today's scripture reading comes from John chapter 20, starting in verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and he believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Greetings, friends, and peace in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and welcome to Easter at Marian Methodist. I have to tell you a little bit of a problem that preachers are having during all this coronavirus uh, situation. It's not a big problem, but none of us have been to the barber for five weeks. So when we we put on these masks, which I took off just before I walked to this spot and we pulled off, we have mask hair. Now, I know what some of you that come to this congregation are saying, oh, Mike, just be happy you have hair, but it's not a good look. As Kelsey mentioned at the beginning, Easter does not end of the Christian year. We continue on, and we're going to start a series next week called Truth, Timeless or Trending. And in that series, we're going to look at the depth and richness of what a Christian believes and really challenge your minds and get you thinking about why it is you're a Christian and what that's all about. Now, Marian Methodist, like every church, has some traditions we hold dear and love repeating. One of them is during the Easter message, the pastor will often cue us with the ancient Orthodox greeting, And we thunder back the response of Christians in every generation. Let me show you how it goes. I say, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Okay, that's pretty good, but let's try it again. I say, Christ is risen. You say? He is is risen risen indeed. All right, one more time so that you'll get your mind around saying it in your own living room or bedroom or wherever you're at. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Awesome. So we're getting the hang of it. I hope that some of your neighbors get disturbed by you crying that out in your home. 
uh, today or out on your deck or wherever you're at. So here's the Easter sermon. Let's go. About four weeks ago, uh, one of you told me the precious story of your little daughter coming to you, tears running down her cheeks, when learning that we could not worship here together this morning. As her tears flowed, she said to you, Daddy, it's terrible. Easter is canceled. You, of course, consoled her like I think you would have and should have with the truth. You said, we won't be together in church, of course. We don't get to wear our our new Easter outfits to Sunday school, and we probably won't get to have a wonderful family dinner with our families. But Easter is not canceled. Do you know why? Because Christ is risen. He is is risen indeed. Listen, listen. Neither COVID-19 or Satan can cancel Easter. Had Mary found a body in that tomb? Absolutely. The headline this morning would have read, Easter canceled. Had Jesus, as he labored in prayer in Gethsemane, changed his mind? Easter certainly would be canceled. Had the cross on the hill that we know as the skull stood empty, of course Easter would be canceled. If Jesus had taken stock of the situation and said about to the Father, no and absolutely not, I am not going there to save them from their filthiness of sins. If these things had happened, then yes and absolutely Easter would be canceled. But not now, not just now, it would have been canceled forever. But none of those things did happen. And though our parking lot is void of cars, though the nursery down the hall is still of children's voices, though the coffee pots in the center stand unplugged, and though some of you are worshiping in your pajamas of all things, and only enough people have gathered in this magnificent sanctuary to bring this service to you, Easter is not canceled. COVID-19 can take away a lot of things but not the fact that the tomb is forever empty. Do you know why? Christ is risen. Risen indeed. We all know that Easter 2020 is going to be different than any other Easter we've faced. Very different. Today, we're not singing the hymns, the great hymns of the resurrection. Like my favorites, Christ the Lord is risen today and up from the grave he arose because we need to sing them physically together. And I make this promise to you. When we gather here, we shall. We absolutely shall. We can sing them in our hearts today, and then again when it's safe to gather here, and for century after century in the heavenly realm after that. But today, like thousands of others, the Marian Methodist sanctuary sits empty. It's easy to focus on what we do not have today. But instead, in this day of days, let us focus on what we do have. It is easier to accept churches being empty than a tomb being full. Drink that in. It is easier to accept churches being empty than a tomb being full. Yes, this is the first time public worship has come to a halt in the United States since the flu pandemic of 1918. Then and now, in a time of uncertainty, fear, anxiousness, one power The one universal constant, the stabilizing force of all creation stands fast. The tomb in Jerusalem was and forever is unneeded and empty. This has never changed, regardless of world events. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. In fact, it may be the best way to reflect the power of the empty tomb on Easter 2020 
is empty church buildings. This is more similar what I'm looking at today to the first Easter than our regular and preferred practice of stuffing the church on high holy days. On the first Easter, the disciples gathered inside in small groups enough, in, in groups small enough that they would even satisfy our current protocols of gatherings of 10 people or less. They were afraid of what might happen next, uncertain of what might become of their world. So maybe this Easter, 2020, is more real than any Easter we've ever celebrated. Darkness was all around them. On the first Easter, the disciples were living in a Good Friday world. Then exactly what they did not expect happened. There in front of them stood the truth. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. Jesus is right there in front of them in three dimensions. He comes to them and speaks into their dissonant and dark spirits. That voice The very same voice, the voice of the risen Christ is speaking peace into our anxiousness, our feelings of calamity and fear. Listen, he sees the struggles of your disrupted rhythms. He sees your concern for survival. He knows that you are nervous about your health and the health of your loved ones. He hears your concerns about your jobs the fears of safety you have when you go to it, your fear of losing it, or the agony in your spirit if you have lost your job. And he sees your wonders of how you will financially survive if this doesn't somehow turn back. He sees that you're worried about your relationships, your old habits returning, your mental health, your spiritual health, your community and your church. To all of this, speaks the voice of the one that did all of this because we cannot do this alone. Peace be with you. We celebrate Easter in the shadow of global death because we cannot do this alone. Listen to that. We celebrate Easter in the shadow of global death because we cannot do this alone. Easter is a celebration of what God can do, not what we can do. This Easter, you need to hear this. I really want you to hear this this morning. This Easter, it is appropriate to lament. See, to lament means that something horrific, something really difficult or tragic is happening in our lives, and we need to talk to God about our pain. We need to say it to his heart. Rest assured, the Bible is filled with the laments of the very faithful. Nearly one-third of the Psalms are laments, and when we lament, We are pouring out our fears, our frustrations, and our sorrows to God. Laments turn us towards God when sorrow tempts us to run from Him. In this era of coronavirus, physical distancing, and mounting of untimely death, I encourage you, I actually invite you, I, I give permission as a pastor for you to lament. Turn to God. State your case. Share with God, even on Easter Sunday, what we even might call our complaints, your pains, and then boldly ask for help. Ask for the death of this virus, for the protection of everyone, everywhere, the opportunity to get out of our homes. Whatever it is that your concern is, boldly ask for God's help in it. 
Choose to trust that the God of the empty grave will not leave you alone as your heart flutters and your eyes brim with tears. Easter is a celebration of what God can do, not what we can do. This Easter, you need to hear this too. Do hear these words because they're important for us this morning. This Easter, even this one, it is appropriate to celebrate. We celebrate Easter in the shadow of global death because we cannot do this alone. We celebrate in the midst of uncertainty, unsure of how every detail related to COVID-19 will work out. We celebrate appropriately, even though sadness and joy seem to commingle in equal measure. We can do that because we trust this. Christ is risen. He is risen risen indeed. Indeed he has. A moment ago, my friend Ben read the timeless story of Mary Magdalene arriving at the empty tomb. She gets there, turns and sprints to the disciples, and in a voice of panic cries out to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have put him. Peter and John race to the grave, find it empty, and curiously the scripture records, they believe, but they do not understand. Mary must have returned with them, and as she weeps, two angels who were not present previously appear to her. She cries her lament to them, and Christ answers. He appears in resurrected form, and in the simple saying of her name, Mary, her fears, her anxiousness, her frustrations are exchanged for a complete peace of soul. Then he says the most important sentence in the life of this movement, the most important sentence in the life of of the Christian movement. Go and tell. This is the catalyst for this day. The power of Easter must not be confined to the church. It started with a small group, of course, but it was always for the whole world, not just for the Jerusalem church circa AD 33. The disciples, empowered by the knowledge of the resurrection and the impartation of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, spread the gospel like a virus. Yeah, that's correct. I am very aware how important vocabulary is always, and I implore you this Easter to hear what I'm saying. There is nothing cute about this, and I'm far too experienced to make light of the plight of our world community and what we're facing. Long before the word coronavirus had come into our minds, Many had made the comparison between the worldwide spread of the gospel and a virus. One, of course, is horrible, tragic, devastating. The other is magnificent, wonderful, and life-giving. Both begin with a small, traceable origin. If scientists are correct, they believe they have pinpointed the exact origin of the COVID-19, and thus we can take appropriate steps against it. There is no doubt That Christianity begins at a garden tomb, emptied of the only dead body that had ever been placed in it, the man Jesus, who now stands alive before his friends. Both spread incredibly quickly by a very small number of carriers. Scientists tell us that COVID-19 spread worldwide by a few carriers passing it on to a few others, and within months is now in every corner of the globe. The gospel started with one or more women spread to 11 men who believed in the singular truth that Jesus had walked through death 
and who enthusiastically and unapologetically told dozens more. Those very few, that small sample size, were unable to stay silent. And soon everyone was following the Lord's command to go and tell. Without the power of the internet, without a live stream, or any tools of modern mass communication, in less than one century, the story was told in every corner of the known world. People were being added daily to the kingdom of God because those who knew and believed happily spread the word. Now, importantly, there is another comparison between the gospel and a virus. This cannot be missed, and it must be understood. You see, a person can build up immunities to both. Those who have had COVID-19 and recovered seem to be immune or at least less receptive to have it again. This cannot be the case with the gospel and the people of Marian Methodist. This cannot be the case with the gospel and the people of Marian Methodist. Many of you have heard the Easter story and a variety of other stories regarding Jesus many times. Do not become inoculated. Do not become inoculated to their power. Do not allow your knowledge of both to build an immunity against them. Christianity is not a library of nice stories tantamount to helpful fables and mythology. Resurrection, creates, resurrection Christianity, Christianity is powerful, life-changing, explosive. Our proclamation of it must be bold, particularly right now, because Easter is not a myth. It is the truth to which we cling. Christ is risen. He is risen. Indeed he has. And we serve a Lord who says, go and tell. Friends, you need to understand, we need to understand, this is the key moment for humanity in our generation. This is the absolutely key moment for, for humanity in our generation because we have to put ourselves against that command and say, will we obey this command or will we not? Now, hold on. Before you click off and start making your omelet or go watch a bunch of day filled of cat videos jumping off roofs or something, in the name of Jesus, I plead with you, go and tell. I know, I know, I truly know that maybe up to this day, sharing why you stake your life on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead has been scary for you. You've been afraid to say a word. It makes you nervous. You're not sure of how it will come out. But listen, we serve a forgiving God in a world desperately trying to live with an unforgiving disease. This is the truth. This is the truth many, many of our friends and neighbors are needing right now. They require a brother, a sister, a parent, a coworker, a friend who will muster up the courage, who will strengthen up who will set aside their own fears of rejection. And I know we all have them, our own fears of inadequacy because of of our own sins, our own faith doubts, which we have, and our own concerns, which we also carry, and tell them that Jesus lives and loves them. They need to be told that all their wrongdoings can be forgiven and are removed at the cross if they allow Jesus to take them. They need this right now because, frankly, their soul hangs in the balance. In this crisis, our Christian witness is at stake. The gospel is ripe for spreading in troubling times. It always has been. It has always multiplied in the most difficult times in the world uh, history. It is simply true that in hard times, people search for answers to their deepest questions and longings. Seriously, 
Think about this, friends. Can you imagine that there will ever be an easier time, a more appropriate time, a more palatable time for you to invite a person to know Jesus Christ? I cannot. And yes, I, I, I encourage you, I admonish you, and I invite you, even those that you have told before, even those who have stared you down, even those who have looked at your religious life and said, not for me, not for me. Maybe not now. Maybe not forever. Things are different in a COVID-shaped world. These are moments to respond to the Easter morning command fearlessly of Christ to go and tell. Factually, quantifiably, people are searching right now. Marion Methodist's YouTube channel is blowing up. It is getting exponentially more views and shares than ever before. One of our Lenten moments has been viewed nearly 300 times because it's accessible and available. All of them have been seen more than 200 times. People are sending you and me inspiring and inquiring messages. And Christ has given us the message. And now he's given us the moment. Understand, this is a moment to win for Christ. And it shall be won if we do not fear that which is in front of us. And we simply do what we know to do, which is go and tell. In the midst of all this mess, focus not on what we do not have, focus on the opportunity that Christ has put before you. Raise your eyes to the empty tomb. Jesus won over death not by avoiding it or by eluding it, but by passing right through it. He faced the difficult. He did the hard thing for us. He went to the cross alone so that we would not need to face life or death alone. Christ is risen. He is, is risen, risen indeed. indeed. He is resurrected and he is in our world today. Tell everyone that you've known, that you know now and are going to know. Happy Easter and praise the Lord who blesses my, your, and our going and telling. You are the beloved of God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, regardless of where we are, when we look at what Jesus has done for us on the cross, we are overwhelmed. We want to offer him something. We know that we can never repay him for all that he has and is doing for us. Our hearts know that we need to give him our very best. For some, this moment when we offer our tithes and offering to God is the highest moment of worship. So let us prayerfully consider, as the music plays, how and what our offerings will be to the church of the resurrected Christ.